0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of In The Know. Sorry, I'm not good enough to, to adjust names for, for the for the pre-roll thing. But uh, yes, this is not Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm joined I look here a by, little different. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, a, a guy who I've known for, for a long time. Um, and this is a much overdue uh, podcast, I think we can... Talk about a whole bunch of uh, recent life events uh, as well as just, uh, you know, th- you know, anything about where the Pelicans are, where we think they're going to go over the next last few weeks of the season. But Adam McCreary, uh, great to have you. Um, again, just this is this has been a long time coming. But uh, how's it going? Uh, how's I mean? Uh,
1: pretty solid. I, I we are experiencing very similar lives these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We both have a dog and a newborn and a Pelicans podcast. So our, it's like looking in a mirror right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh it's it's been a, a ride over here that that's for sure. Um, but um, Adam, do you want to before we just jump into it? For I, I, most people who who watch our podcast also watch yours, and so it's not like you're introducing to a bunch of new people. But uh, but you want to give your intro and uh, and you know, what you're doing and your and you know the, yeah. the podcast you host with uh, with Pedro Pascal. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm Adam McCrary, um, you know, formerly just a a guy kicking around Twitter, watching the Pelicans too much and being really depressed, Uh, got plucked out of obscurity by one Christian Clark, aka Pedro Pascal Jr., um, to host the From the Wing podcast um, for the Blue Wire Network. It's been a bit of fun ride. Um, Done a handful of these. We use a lot of the same equipment. So this is like, I feel like I'm just kind of putting on somebody else's clothes. But uh me and me and Mason have known each other basically since we were 15, which is pretty wild. We just we have a lot of groups of friends that have crossed each other's paths, basically our entire lives. So here we are. Like who knew that when we were hanging out in high school that this is where we'd be in our mid 30s.
0: <laughs> Look how far we've come. Trying to make a far. a, pod, a pod, podcast with with day jobs and infants. But uh but let's uh let's talk about that first, man. Like how how is that How's that been for you? uh, The transition to trying to in the middle of basketball season. You know, I think we pick great times to to have kids, like just in the middle middle of season there. But uh, you know, what's the what's that been like to transition in terms of trying to keep keep tabs on the team and and do everything else?
1: Dude, I started a podcast while my wife was pregnant. That's (laughs) maybe maybe not the greatest timing, uh, but the season was coming, so like we had to get some shows under our belt. So basically the entire pregnancy and beginning of my son's life has been the, the life of my podcast so far. Um, it has led to some interesting scheduling, uh, changes, issues, early days, late nights. Um, you just kind of got to make it work when it works. Luckily, uh, Christian is very forgiving with me when, uh, with my availability, I also have a day job, so we got to try to kind of get these done when we get them done as far as keeping up with the pels. Um, I did not know what lengths I would go to to watch games and to keep up with games. Um, You know, I I never take in the game the same way that I used to. I used to be able to just sit back, watch the entire game, hear the broadcast the whole time. Now, 90% of the Pelican season has been played on my phone. And that phone is normally being held like right behind my son's shoulder as I'm holding him because these games tip off right when he's supposed to go to bed. So I got night duty. So I'm putting him down. I'm holding it. I've got AD and Joel turned off and I'm just like watching what's happening, trying not to yell or celebrate too loud. Um, I've gone anywhere from uh, sitting it up on a shelf in the room away from me and like squinting to look at it, to holding it underneath him, to sitting it up on his bed, every angle I've tried. Um, And then like I cheer too loud or something great happens and I make a loud noise and Lauren sticks her head in and goes, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, Sorry. I've got, I have multiple jobs here. I have to do it all. How about yeah. you? Is it, has it, uh, you're earlier on in the process. So you're like lagging behind me just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I know what, things, like a month,
0: what is it again? Yeah, uh, Things are yeah. getting
1: easier now. Like we're just past four months. Um, mm-hmm. things are starting to get easier right now. Like we have very, very set sleep windows, how long he stays down, debatable, but we have very set sleep windows. So that's good. Otherwise, I re- I very, very clearly remember what you're going through right now because it just <laughs> happened. Yeah. How are you holding up?
0: <laughs> yeah. So Sophie's about 10 weeks or, you know, j- yeah. So a little over two months. And it's um every every night's different, right? Like I'm, I'm the, we're the same. Like I, w- I do the night shift until like, it depends. It can be midnight some nights can be like one or two AM other nights. And um it's so when Pelicans are on the West Coast, I've like got it made. Like that's especially being on East Time. That's another <laughs> wrinkle too, being on the eastern time zone versus central. But yeah, I mean when the game starts at 10 or 10 30, I'm like, well, I'm up anyway. So it's like it, it, it used to be like, oh, this is so late. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to stay up to hold this whole game with work tomorrow. If if the Pelicans are losing by a lot of half time, I'm out. And but at this time it's now it's like, all right, well, I'm 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 in this anyway. And so that's actually those, those games are kind of better because a um, b- better chance of her sleeping for longer. Um, she's in the last like couple of weeks, she started to stretch at night um, a little more. Um, but uh, so, so that's better. But yeah, the games that start at, like seven 30, like the, the normal time, any, any Pelicans home game, it's like, it's a, you're rolling the dice.
1: <laughs> See, so, I basically, I basically know that I'm going to have to check out for like part of the first quarter when he goes down, but then he's down and I can watch most of the game. Those West Coast tips, I those are a struggle because I have to commit to stay up because that one window where I could get like my primary sleep, yeah. that's gone if I'm going to watch the game. And yet I've watched every single one of them, you know, life be damned. And then I'm waking up and going to work in the morning and, you know, we just we make it work. You know, we sure. care about this thing, uh, you know, like a like a really bad drug addiction. It's, and uh, that's it, what we do. It's so
0: true because. When she was born, the Pelicans were tied for the one seed. <laughs> and
1: since, all she knew was success.
0: All, and since then, it's been not great. And yet here I am, still like making it work every every way that I can. It's just, yeah, I, I think an addiction's a, a, a pretty decent way to, to, to put it. But it's uh yeah, um, it's been it's like the, the different ways to watch games with you know. So I, I haven't had had I even tried to watch on my phone. I that's just it breeds too far for me. Like I'm I'm watching on the uh I'm just usually like holding her or, or I've got her like I'm using my foot like I'm like like a a, a drum like on the uh on on the bouncer while well, just to bounce her while I'm watching the oh, game yeah. and like that like that at least keeps both hands free and it's like so there there are strategies um when when I know she's not gonna sleep uh but um but that's that's probably the the, the best I got. Um I mean, are are you, are you doing anything like, how are you, how are you when you want to watch it in front of a television instead of, instead of on your phone? Like, are you, are you, what do you, what's this crazy? Brother, I don't make, have, make that work. I
1: don't have but, those options. I, I, if I'm watching it on a television, it is only because he is asleep. I really it. just try to like, you have kind of a half hour, you have some wiggle room of like when to start the process and when you can get him down. And my big thing is like trying to see as much of the game as possible. Yeah. So, like I'll watch on the phone. There's a cut point though. Like, if he's if we're like real close to putting him down, games just gotta go on the side for a little bit. Sometimes I'll luck out and like I put him down at halftime. And I will have watched on my phone, and then I move to the TV. That's we, like winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't happen often. I'll be honest. It's not uh it is not something that happens very often. But yeah, the the bouncer totally under that's that's how we eat meals is like throw yeah. <laughs> throw him in the bouncer, get that thing going, but you know. Maybe it lasts an hour, maybe it lasts 10 minutes. You never know. Yeah, you, yeah. you just don't know. It's a roll complete roll of the dice, especially with my guy. You know, he's uh he's been a bit of a porker right out the gate. He's uh he's like 80 plus percentile in uh, in height and weight. So uh yeah, we're we're already like 26 inches and 17 pounds right at four months. He's a he's a monster, which means he can do all the things early. So he's, he started rolling over early, started sitting up early. Like he flails around like crazy. So lots of ways to wake up lots of ways. So like, I lose that battle. I don't, if, if the game's not for me, I'm going to miss a portion. It is what it is. I'll watch it in the morning.
0: I've like toyed with the idea of a projector in the nursery (laughs) because, (laughs) because like, if you're watching on your phone, that's a bright light and that's, that's going to be distracting.
1: Well, you gotta, you gotta dim it all the way. You got to dim that. it all the way and then you then you hold it behind the shoulder so that the light is coming from behind and not hitting the baby's face. Because like yeah. I hold him, I have him like tucked in my arm there and then the phone's like <laughs> right back here, you know? You got to just, you get creative. If I could put a kickstand on him with a little, <laughs> you know, maybe a cup yeah. holder, something like that. Yeah. They need to, babies need to come with that uh, standard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. So it sounds like we had a, a couple of basketball players, or maybe volleyball players. In my case, who knows? She 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 was very also like high percentile height and weight. Um, she was also forty uh, you know forty one weeks, so a little 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 on the late side. But but um she's she's come down on the weight. She's still very tall, or right, so uh, we'll 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 see uh, where that ends up. But uh, anyway, um, lots of fun fun kid stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I'm sure fun, everybody's well, thrilled and
1: wants us to the, keep going into diapers and. and-
0: but yeah
1: diapers and um, baby tools and whatnot but we can move on
0: <laughs> yeah so the pelicans so looking at the looking at the standings here first they're they're in 10th they're a half game up on be even being in the play-in they are two games back of the fifth seed we keep talking about this and eventually it seems like that there's going to be some separation there has not been um there's obviously there's a bunch of reasons for that injuries to star players or not star players but just Important players. Um, there's teams that have not really gelled since trades. I am like just so happy that the Dallas Mavericks experiment with Kyrie so far has been exactly <laughs> what we expected. Like, yeah, they can score, but they can't stop anyone. they cannot, anyone. Defend. So, like, they cannot no. defend a so link. They they're you know they're three and seven in their last 10 games. So um there's still a lot of tight, tightly compacted stuff in, in the West. And what, you know, what's, what's your sense? I mean, like, as, as far as like how this team's played recently, when you look at the other teams that are kind of, they're, they're really close to, I mean, are you, are you feeling good after the last few games? And like, are you, are you, are you worried? You know, I, I guess I, you know, whatever you, relative to whatever you expect to happen down the stress, you know, how, how are you feeling?
1: I have been uh, kind of along the same lines. Like I kind of started the season, even when we started overperforming, I had kind of a bar for how I thought we'd perform. And I had a win total in my head, and when it, when we started looking like we were pacing ahead of a fifty win team, I was I still was not changing my expectations, and it kind of helped me weather that initial storm. And then the real dark times came during that ten game win uh, that ten game loss streak with BI just coming back from the toe, and now Zion's out for un- unknowable length of time. Um, so now we've we've had to you know tamper things down, and now it's just get into the play-in and try and get like a decent position in the play-in. Like that is the only goal. I think the way that I look at it right now, um, you're right. We've all been looking at the standings saying someone's going to pull away. But when I look at every single one of these teams, like it's just as likely that Phoenix and Memphis fall back into this pack and like end up making it an even larger log jam. It may be a log jam from three to 10 within a couple of wins of each other. It's going to be a an absolutely wild stretch run as far as the Pelicans themselves. I think a lot of the teams in this place are experiencing something very similar in the sense that everybody's missing players and everybody's missing them for decent numbers of time de- decent length of time. It's not one game, two games. It's they're missing guys for weeks. And when that happens, like whoever is the most consistent right now, whoever puts out the most consistent effort, which if you look at western away records no one plays well on the road um (laughs) we're kind of all the same thing all of our role players are absolutely horrible on the road so if you're missing a star you're probably going to lose and at home it's you know it's 70 70 to 75 percent win percentage um i don't feel great i don't feel bad i feel like the play-in is their destiny um Am I expecting them to have finally have like a stretch of good games where they put it together? Like, no, I'm looking at the roster and who's available and I still have problems. Um, It doesn't matter how well they've played in an individual game when I still don't know when Larry and Jose are coming back. And as much as we've talked about this roster and the NBA in as a whole has talked about us having a very deep roster, we have a deep roster of talent and of different styles of player. We do have definitive skill weaknesses, though. And those are absolutely exacerbated by the fact that Larry and Jose are not playing. We do not have a playable big rotation, even still. We're lucky right now that, you know, if we see some small front courts, um, Jax becomes playable and that helps. I don't know what to do with Billy. I don't don't think there's ever going to be much to do with him here. And there's not another option there. So you go like Herb small ball lineups. We're just testing that out for like the first time. So sometimes it's going to look good. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Yeah, I think I I just want consistent energy level. Like that's all I can really ask for. And if they lose that way, then I think I'm okay. I just struggle when, you know, I've been playing kind of a chicken or the egg thing for the last three or four weeks with bi and cj like clearly they get into a lot of iso stuff that is not what the offense is designed to be the question is why they do it so often and a lot of it is like they're down by double digits all the time and they're trying to fight their way back and like they think their shot's probably the best one the other has been like on the road our role players have been really really bad herb's shooting regression has been tough and he's usually the one that's left open so all that being said um i think we get into the play-in I I think it's mainly because I think that logjam is just going to continue until guys get back. Um, and whoever can find it, like this team has found it before. Hopefully we're pretty close to having Jose and Larry back. They found that before. And last year they didn't have the option of getting Zion back to add to that. And this year they do. At least we thought they might, <laughs> at least <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> maybe, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 A, a lot there. I, you mentioned the home road stuff first, and I don't know the, the what's going on with the warriors is like almost mind blowing to me because you would think the teams that are, that have those types of home road splits are the young teams, the teams that feed off the crowd energy and that don't get like are, are, are going to get like high, super, super high highs and super low lows. The warriors are a team of vets mostly. I know that they're trying to do this two timelines thing. Which isn't working out great for them, but like, it doesn't. It it blows my mind that they're so good at home and so good on the road. Like it's 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 baffling. Like you you see like Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, these guys that should be. I mean, I don't know if I would call Draymond, Draymond a steadying presence, but like just generally <laughs> speaking, they're, they're they're a team of of vets. And I know they're you know we were talking for the podcast. Where's Andrew Wiggins? Um, but like I know they're missing, him. <laughs> uh, and they just got Steph back. But even with the Steph, I haven't looked at their home road splits with Steph back. I know I know they're a much better team, obviously with Steph. Shocking, but it is it is wild. And and you know, I, I think none of the other teams in that kind of group are as nearly as bad as the Warriors. But then the Pelicans are also like not. They have a not quite not quite as bad, but still not good home run splits. What you were referring to, but right? I do I do wonder just before we get to more of the, the your comments around the Pelicans themselves. Like I'm looking at the teams that are below the plan, and you were you were saying before the pod, and I, I agree with you. Utah and Oklahoma City; those are two teams that like. If we get in, great. If not, oh well. See, so yeah, we'll 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 join the uh, this, the the lottery sweepstakes. But I mean, I'm looking at Portland. At least the, I think there is a threat there. Like I mean, they're they've been super inconsistent, but they're they, bad. They can't they're they can't tell Dame that we're just going to bail in, right? They get they just got Simons and and Nurkic back, and so they're getting healthy.
1: I don't know if getting but, Nurkic back is a good thing. I'm not I mean, sure about that. It is because they don't have bigs, but it's also not because he was really terrible to start the year.
0: That's it, man. I don't even know why we, I, I, two guys I just picked up to try to salvage my fantasy basketball season in the playoffs
1: and both played for (laughs) me. Yeah, yeah. Both played for me. They're cast off.
0: I should have oh, oh given Adam a chance, a chance to gloat. Like we're both in, we have a 10 team league. We're both in, and we're both in the playoffs, but my, I lost LeBron and LaMelo at the, like right before the playoffs started I was like, oh. So I stopped looking. So, no, we're uh, both screwed.
1: Then, so this is, this is uh, this pod is also, yeah, this is the death of both of our playoff runs. Um, <laughs> I had unfortunately like untimely missed games by Kyrie, James Harden, uh, Cam Johnson randomly showed up as injured. Like, guys, I can't drop. You made your uh, bad by
0: having Kyrie, so.
1: Yeah, look, I, I asked for it by putting one too many bigots on my team. Um, I, you know, I just, it, it, this is what you do. Um, it it was a struggle. I, I'm, I am the guy in our league that is, if you go look at the transaction count, I am the guy that is adding max players every week, get all the numbers. I'm fighting the battle every week. But the, here's the thing about that. In fantasy basketball, that's what loses in the playoffs because I don't have the star power that the other guys have. and unfortunately, I I started off with a lead and then uh, some untimely like Cam Johnson, Jalen Williams. I'm everybody's missing games. I just I don't have enough players to make up the numbers. I'm gonna win three, maybe four categories. I don't have a shot at a fifth. so we're both toast here. I'm not as bad as you because you know hey, as much as I signed up for Kyrie, you signed up for both LeBron and Anthony Davis. So you and asked for I have three
0: Lakers now with D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> I have three Lakers. Like whatever. You asked
1: for it too, my friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know, I did, I did. But um, anyway,
1: Portland as a threat. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like their, their schedule is not great down the stretch. Um, and so, I, I mean, they do have a decent number of home games left. Like, I, I just wouldn't. The, the West is so messy and yeah. Dame is Dame. He's having an MV, MVP caliber season that obviously has no shot to win because the team is below 500. But like, I don't know. I, I think that as we talk about the play, Pelicans' play and viability, I think you're right. I think it's they would have to have some sort of like terrible situation happen for them not to get in. But that's not a reflection of their play. It's a reflection of everyone else, right? So It's the West.
1: Um, it's just the, the West.
0: The problem is i have zero confidence that they'll get above like nine the nine seed I, I just i just don't um i feels right look the lakers are treading water better than i expected without without lebron i mean that the, the deadline they had was awesome um and you know it's it's you'd be it's impossible to to refute that i feel like um and then yeah i don't know what to make of minnesota um the the the, the milk carton uh, logic applies for Carl Anthony Towns, too, whenever he comes back. like Where is he? What, I mean, what happens, though? Like everyone, I feel like everyone with, with, with Minnesota before the season was like, this team, they're, they're going to win 50-plus games in the regular season. I don't know what the hell they're going to do in the playoffs. It's kind of been like, like I I don't know how they reintegrate Towns when they haven't had the chance to play him and, and Gobert together significantly. Like, I, I, they're, they're a team, like, if, if I'm a playoff team, I want to play them. Because, like, either we have more talent than you, Or if Towns comes back, we don't believe that you're going to figure out how to play with all these guys together. And so that seems like a nice nice matchup for most teams, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I think they're coming into the year. So Christian, uh, you know, Christian is friends with Dane Moore. Dane Moore covers Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. They were both very high. We we talked about it on a podcast. I was a little bit lower on them. Um, My struggle is that I just think putting Rudy and Carl Anthony Towns like sounds like a good idea. But when you think about what has made cat a more effective player in the past, it is having the ball go into his hands in more spots on the court, having him more involved in the offense and having Rudy stuck in the paint, like the, like the cement post he is uh, just kind of makes it so that cat has to spend a lot of time out at the three point line, has to spend a lot of time floating around the outside. And so you're getting him touches, but you're getting him touches in places that you want and to have touches like you you don't really want I don't want Carl dribbling in I want all that gritty stuff he had last year where he's touching it in the mid post and like shooting turnaround jumpers or deciding to go dunk on somebody like he played pretty nasty last year and that element of him when he was available God knows where he is now or when he's coming back it's like Pelicans fans we're not the only ones (laughs) Uh, we are not the only ones with guys missing in action Andrew Wiggins, I, I, who knows where he is? Carl Anthony Towns, God knows where he is or what he's up to. Um, and LeBron's on a scooter. So, you know, we're, it's not just us. No. I think they, it'll be interesting when they bring him back because I think that team invites Cat to do things that in the past have disengaged him on the defensive end and have disengaged him through like segments of games. I don't know that that fits incredible. And I've loved with him being gone, Ant has been on the ball an absolute ton and has been pl- played his way into shape. Notably. He was chubby when he came in and it got better um, and you've gotten the best out of him now, but do you still get the best out of him when you're reintegrating Carl back in? We shall see. Will they even have the opportunity to integrate Carl back in? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very similar situation to New Orleans. I, I think that's um, very it's a, a very interesting, uh, like there. I don't want to talk. We don't have time to talk off season on yes. this spot, but that's that is a very interesting situation coming up this summer with with uh, with Minnesota because you also got Reed there, who's had you know, had had really good moments this year uh, against the Pelicans, no less. Um, but um, but yeah, so getting into n- New Orleans and kind of how, how they played recently, you you brought up a lot of a, a lot of good points, and like I find myself kind of wondering just. They, they certainly are missing skill sets, right? Like they have three guys who you can trust to knock down a three. Like that's a problem, Um mm-hmm. you know, and and whereas while, while Devontae Graham is off and San and Antonio actually, you know, play, playing reasonably well because of course he was going to, right? That was always
1: going to well, be the end game here. He's getting <laughs> but, 20 shots a game now. Like he, yeah, this he's is, chucking. he's getting the, the absolute like top tier version of Devontae Graham is, hey, get out yeah. there and chuck it up. And he's yeah. going to make like, He's gonna make nine out of twenty, like, or he's gonna make eleven out of twenty because he he knows green light, Monte yep. Ellis style green light. <laughs>
0: yep. Um, so yeah. So the the Pelicans have three guys you trust to make a three pointer, which which is tough. And so like, I find myself like with the guys they have and the, and the, and the lack of certain skill sets that you mentioned. That's it's very real. I I, just, I find myself wondering like, how should they be adjusting how they play and who plays with who during this stretch? Just to, you know they've gotta i feel like they've gotta they gotta test some stuff because your points around the the isolation heavy basketball from bi and cj are are very fair and it just feels like they're not doing as much as they could to optimize the talent they've got in the roster and the lack and and also the, the lack of talent they've got in certain cases and so like i i found myself recently wondering like is there how how, are, how can you get CJ and BI off ball more? Not to reduce their usage or their shot attempts, but just to create yeah. some sort of different type of offense that defenses have to. You have to spread out defenses. If you've got CJ or BI on the ball, you have at, at most two other shooters flanking them that teams will care about, which is a problem. <laughs> like, it is. You mean it's what we saw with Lazo like, and Steven Adams? Like
1: <laughs> you would enjoy them both not getting doubled on every possession when they step inside the arc.
0: I mean, that's something it, it would be, you would like to see. It, it would be welcome development. Right. Um, and, and so, I don't know. I, I, have just been kind of wondering um, who, you know, w- what change they can make to rotationally to, to, to make that happen more. And so, I mean, I think what, what's been going on with Herb recently has been great. You mentioned his, his regression in three point shooting. Very true. He's been, he's been playing better. But that's highly correlated to how he's making his shot making, right? He's, he's doing some other things when you know when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and even when he does have the ball in his hands, he's been doing some some more more and things that I think that he should be empowered to do, um, or else he's going to just be a statue in the corner, and teams are not going to pay attention. And they're going to overload the other side right. of the floor. Um, but I just I, I, I cannot wonder if there's better ways, even if it's not changing the starting lineup, it, it ways to, to 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 you know join Bi and CJ with other other skills that can move them off ball more and really put them in position to attack mismatches and you spread the defense out versus what they're seeing, you know, seemingly every, every possession. I mean, we'll kind of get your take on that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think we, we all, we kind of have fantasy lineups in our head that we know Willie will never play or never start, but that <laughs> yeah, let's, let's feel go like they feel like they'd work. Like, I mean, the, the thing is like, when you look at what skills people have, I think this is where things become a struggle. Josh Richardson, for everything, for the surprise that he's been since he's been added, um, I think people kind of forgot, like, he did always have this skill set. I think he had been pressed into being a starting guard in a lot of places after being a successful rotational guy, and it, it showed his warts, and I think he still has some, but he also has, like, he has some nice things that he can do that a lot of our guys can't do. He's done some nice, like two man setup play a little bit of pick and roll. His lobs are better than Jonas is like, 90% of the team.
0: Yeah. This guy passes me the ball. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, and he looks to do that. Like he penetrates and he can either make the mid range or he plays the option with the big, like he's, they know when they roll that he's actually going to look at him. That's a nice development. We don't have a lot of guys that can do that. Like when I say skill sets that we don't have, one of them is we don't have very many, like, good ball handlers. CJ and BI are both very, very good ball handlers, but even CJ in a half court set, like I can't exactly expect him to break somebody down all the time or to manipulate space in the same way that like Jose does. Like I I think you really, really miss Jose in that Sacramento game because the only person who had the ability to slow that game down and really manipulate space and force a defense to move around him and to get people slightly into better positions, potentially set up Jonas to, to help engage him more. That's the only guy on the roster that can really do that. Like I think fantasy lineup, I would love to see Dyson in there. I'd love to see Trey in there. Trey it's the tough part for me with him. It's like, he's the best shooter on the team. It's not, it's not uh, really, it's not really worth talking about. Like he's a, he is the best, he has the best shot on the team. That perimeter, that perimeter jumper is insane um it's especially insane from a catch and shoot it's especially insane when the you know when he knows he's got space and he's experimented during the year with being really aggressive in his last couple of games he's been really aggressive he's been firing on tough closeouts i think you'd like to see him and ideally like dyson at least adds a a secondary passing ability a little bit of comfort on ball and at least an athletic body that's not going to get pickpocketed that you could potentially do something with, and for what it's worth, while he's not an incredible uh three point shooter by any means, his three point shooting went unguarded. His rondo threes are great, um, they're above league average, so I, you know, it's survivable. Josh Richardson, not exactly the three guy, so I think we're going to keep seeing a lot of the same. You know, it's going to be JV Herb, um. Uh, anchored anchored lineups and we'll get splashes of richardson and we'll just hope that that's trey more often than not and that's probably like the most we can ask for um just based on what we know but uh i i think i just think we we really do not have enough talent to say like much more than that because like even dyson as much as we like him the handle is not very refined yet the jumper is not good, but it's when left open, when he has time to completely set up and go through his whole process, it's fine. Uh, but it's long and it's kind of, you know, kind of jerky. I don't want to put too much on that. And like, you know, you put, if you put him out there for long periods of time on ball right now, like you're going to see bad stuff
0: yeah. at
1: some point, you're going to see bad results. Anyway, I'm, I'm now tangenting and, and no, you know, I,
0: I think fiddling it's fiddling off uh, into the wind. No. So like, I think with Dyson specifically, I am with you. I, I think that like Dyson to, to Dyson Daniels to me is much more viable as a fifth starter when Zion's back than than, yep. than without him. Like, I, I think, I think he's still too tentative. He's not, he's more like a Alonzo ball connector than a guy who's really going to, you know, break, you know, get to the rim. Right. And, and yep. that, I think that skill will come. Like, I think he has the ability to get, to do that. Um, he, I don't think he'll, you know, be afraid of afraid of attacking inside the, the free throw line or anything, but, um, I, I do think that the this what the Pelicans need around those those their their main guys to to be successful is someone who isn't afraid to to attack and can can make the defense force the defense into making a hard choice. Like I, I mentioned, Naji as as a guy who I think could could be a good like I, I think so. The, the the issue I'm having is if, when her progresses again back to you know, the missing a bunch of threes, which is kind of feels like inevitable at this point. Um, what happens to the like the, this? does the offense go back to being from, from being below average to like awful again. And so like, I don't think that the the biggest challenge to me is I don't think he's, I don't think Willie's ever going to consider taking her out of the starting lineup. And I think for the, for the Zionless Pelicans to be the best version themselves, I think it's something you've got to consider just because I think either Josh Richardson or Najee, their ability to attack. We saw what Najee did when the, when the guys were out. I know he's, he hasn't played well recently. He's had, I, I don't, I don't know what's flashed a little bit recently. Yeah.
1: Like his, it's his has, a little bit has
0: oscillated so much this season. Like I don't like it's it's hard to fault him, right? Like he had some great moments, and then up the ice he is back. So you're going to relegate you to the yeah. And residual. he came
1: back from his own injury, like and yeah. he he did not look like himself in the first few games back from injury. No. He looked very tentative. Like when we look at Naji, we see a fiery ball of chaos, and that ball <laughs> of chaos uh, is it's what you need him to be. Even though sometimes that ball of chaos is going to be a wild transition turnover that on a pass, he should have never thrown where he like drops to a knee and does a pose. You live with it because the other side of him is like, he'll run into three dudes, take a shot in the chest and make it and get to the line. (laughs)
0: Like
1: that's, that's the whole experience with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like I would love to see like, I mean, uh, whether you whether when Nance comes back, whether it's Nance or whether it's Jonas, I I, I I'm carrying less and less. Again, this this is a whole other topic around the, how the Pelicans have used Jonas this year. But um, but like I, I feel like without Zion, you've got to have that extra. Like we we the Pelicans were at their best with him in point Zion Zionland. You're not going to re- replicate that, but the 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 concept is still still applies. Where if you have CJ Bi Trey, all those guys flanking, defenses have to make a really tough choice. And so,
1: yep.
0: um. I, I I just I think I would like to see more of more of that where you have you know Jonas at the five you have kind of you have other other guys who you can trust who are not like you said the Pelicans do have a lack of ball handlers they've got some guys who can do it well enough I think with with the level of talent the Pelicans do have surrounding them to be successful I would just kind of like to see that just to open up a new door right and, yeah. and not to have to resort to CJBI ISO ball because they're both I, I feel like it almost does them it does do them a disservice because of how they are so good but. When defenses can overload on them, like, like you have to be like Luca or or Harden or, or LeBron to, to, to get get through that consistently. And so it's not a knock on them to say they're not that level of player, but yeah, it's just it's it's been tough.
1: Yeah. I mean, neither of them has the size or first step that is gonna split double teams, get around guys. Like they both CJ creates space with his skills. He's he creates space with his hips, with his elbow, with a step back. BI, on the other hand, BI is all like footwork and shooting over the top of you. Like you could, you could face guard him with two guys. And if he feels like he can get up a half second earlier than you, he may take the shot. But like that's, that's the, therein lies the problem. If you're getting double teamed every time down, you got to find a way to get to other stuff. I just think it's, it's hard to diagnose any one problem with as many as we've had because like the, the ball handling responsibility, the same, like you said, the same concept as Zion if more people can do the handling then the burden of ball handling comes down you not have a have person in that situation all the time we're going to get overtaxed i think that's that's kind of the thing it's like you're trying to aggregate the skill you don't have and with zion it's overwhelming how much he can encompass and how much he can stuff so you you decorated the house with all of the other things and uh it like we have we have window dressing we have nice doors everything but like we don't have walls so <laughs> We we have like some things that could look good if we could put the walls up but the walls aren't coming anytime soon. Um I think I think I'm with you in that the even if Naji doesn't have the most sophisticated handle in the world, his handle is good going downhill. Um he he is good protecting the ball, getting low and coming up through defenders, attacking the paint. I think kind of the same thing with Richardson except Richardson has at, at least some mid-range options when he's decisive he has a little bit of a floater he has a little push shot like he can pull up from mid range and you can like that shot um so you i'm with you that in that there is more versatility there and at least it's not you know cj kind of dragged us out of that dallas game um, i fully thought that dallas game was going to be a loss just watching how it was being i was like okay kyrie's going to make a million shots and we're going to be in in deep here And CJ, just like I said on our pod, he had a million and one. And thank God, because that's all it ended up being was like one after another, just go down, take the shot. Um, I'm with you in that. I think I would like to say that some things are going to be tried. I could see Najee getting plugged in, like in the space, in the space of Richardson as like a faux two guard. Um, I'm also just hoping B.I. plays in the next game. (laughs) That's that's probably the primary focus is does B.I immediately come back or does he miss games um but i still think like at the end of the day we have we have a lot of stuff we have a lot of stuff that's very easy to make sense when zion's here and when he's not here a lot of incomplete stuff and we push him into spaces where guys flaws get revealed so it's i think it's pretty complicated to to think that there's any one thing we can fix because like our big rotation is still bad until larry's back you know our ball handling situation only gets better when jose gets back um and hopefully they're close yeah sigh yeah. depression it is
0: it is interesting like you, you mentioned about how this team is kind of crafted to be at its best with 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 their best player which is like how you want to build your if you're trying to win a championship that's what you should build your roster but at the same time i feel like the the idea of getting cj in the first place there was obviously he brings a ton of credibility to the organization. He's a great player. There's a bunch of like I would still do that trade every single time when when, when offered. Um I was actually just talking, I was uh, tweeting with some um um uh, one of the Nick's guys I I I follow and just talking about how that Josh Hart that Josh Hart contract and every step of the way it's just I think it worked out well for everybody. It's it's really it's great when you can say something like that. It's like Portland got a first round pick for him, lottery protected, but still expiring deal get a first round pick for him. Nick's got their guy who they're going to definitely sign to an extension. The Pelicans got CJ. Like it was and Larry, like that was, was he gets was to go really back and play on with
1: that. one of his best friends in New York for Tibbs. And he's like the quintessential Tibbs guy. <laughs> he really is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel like what CJ almost like he's, I don't necessarily think like he's the guy who like maximizes, who, whose role is maximized with Zion. like, I feel like he's the one guy who you get him because in the in the event that your best two players, Bi and Zion, have to miss time, it's a pretty good option as a, as a secondary uh, scorer. And so that's kind of much one of been the one of the things that's a little frustrating to me is is see that really that how well that panned out down the threats last year and how much that isn't happening this year. And then I mean, and there's because he, um, like be he doesn't get to be your secondary scorer. He doesn't get to be
1: your secondary scorer. He's yeah. he has to be your primary scorer. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, so. um Anyway, um we've uh maligned about the pelicans uh for long enough as far as the, the there's There's
1: I <laughs> there is. There's still hope. I don't I don't mean to show up on your podcast and bring depression. There's still hope uh somewhere I mean, maybe. we.
0: Shemette and I got yelled at all the time for being negative about the about the coaching and all that. So that you're not, Well then you, I'm on you, brand. You, like, there you join go. Join the club. Yes, exactly. I'm on brand. Um <laughs> So so let's 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 wrap up by talking about the stretch run here. So the Pelicans, if it matters to anybody, I, I think I think what you said about home versus road is super critical here in that you know looking at the remaining strength of schedule it does not encaps, encapsulate that. The Pelicans do have more home games than road games remaining, I believe. That's yeah, that's right. By a couple. They played yeah, they played they 32 home games, they played 34. Run. Yeah, they played 34 away games, 32 home games, they got a couple more at home. they the, they have the 27th. Easiest, easiest, strength of schedule remaining, just as, as far as opponent win percentage is concerned, and it's pretty, it is pretty staggering. Like um, as you get closer to the end of the season, that like the difference between the easiest schedule and the hardest schedule gets further apart, just because you know, um, it was smaller numbers you're talking about. So the Pelicans of the, their opponent winning percentage combined the rest of the way is four sixty four. I mean, the, the best the best teams they'll face are uh, essentially the top the top three teams in the West, um, you know, or top three teams. They got one against Denver. Which happens? That game against Denver, probably not late enough in the season for Denver to pack it in. Who knows? Oh, damn, damn it. Who knows? Like who knows? I mean, like Memphis is calling off uh, because Jaws out. Uh, Kevin Durant's out. The the Kings, like mind blowing that they're probably going to be the two seed at this point. Like they, they've, I mean, health obviously first and foremost. They've been a super healthy team, um, but like I think so. The the Nuggets are. Six games ahead of them. Maybe they just start to like, I would look to see if like, if, maybe if it's like a back-to-back, like I would assume every single back-to-back the rest of the season, Denver's just rest. Taking, sure. taking one of them off. So yeah. um, I don't Murray, have their I, I, have their I Scandula, imagine Murray but...
1: doesn't play any of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they play. <laughs> so interestingly enough, they play, so the Nuggets are play March 27th against the Sixers. Then they have two nights off, then play the Pelicans at home. And then go to Phoenix the next night, so it's the front end of a back to back. So congratulations, depending Phoenix. on what's going on with, well, or <laughs> or or if they if they want to play, they want you know to beat Phoenix down further. Maybe if they want to, if they want to try to avoid being in the same bracket as True. Kevin Durant, there are you know you could make, yeah. you could make an argument. that... We have Denver some machinations, New Orleans. Yeah, we so, do have
1: some machinations available.
0: Yeah, so if they're like, let's say Memphis can use the crater, and then suddenly. I guess if they get to if Phoenix can get to the three seed because Memphis keeps falling, then maybe Denver probably just wants them to win, and so so maybe they do play play guys against us and then rest versus Phoenix to keep to keep Phoenix in that two three playoff uh, matchup. So we'll see. You know, usually with the Pelicans, it works out for the worst. So I'm sure they'll yep. play against the Pelicans and rest against Phoenix. Um, but so
1: moral of the story: yeah, things are going to get weird late in the season here.
0: Yeah, and like even so, it's it's kind of it's I don't know funny is the right word probably depressing, but um, their the Pelicans their last game of the season or, or the, the third to last game of the season is against Memphis, and before like two weeks ago, you thought Memphis is going to be a lock for the two seed. That's a game they may rest players for, and now like Jaws out, and who knows? Like maybe Jaws back, and that's his first game back. That's probably what's going to happen.
1: Even if he's <laughs> so, back, though, Stephen Adams now out for the regular season. And
0: so now Jonas is like, all right, I can
1: finally do well against. against I can finally beat Memphis. (laughs) I can finally do something in the paint in Memphis. Um, Weird. (laughs) So that's another one that's going to be like, it's not quite milk carton because we know where Steven Adams is, uh, but where he is is missing uh, because he can't play. It's interesting how much they're like, they do not have true veterans um, on that roster. Adams not only plays that role, but also is in a more traditional big play oh, off Brooks of attacking. No. Um, yeah. Austin three for 16. I'm never letting that go. I'm, I'm calling him that for the rest of his life. Um, it's weird. It's wild to see how reliant, how reliant they are. And with him gone, like even when Jaws back, you know, which I imagine now, like now that charges have been, have been, uh, you know, tossed out everything. I think we're, or, or charges are never even going to come. Um, I think we're going to see him back sooner rather than later. Like, it wouldn't shock me if it ends up being six games. I had heard some theory about him, like, potentially missing the rest of the season because of the damage to, you know, the NBA's brands because he just got kind of anointed as the next face of the league. But I think even if he's back, if they don't have Steven Adams, like, they have a problem. Brandon Clark tore his Achilles. That means you have you have a couple of help bigs that like you now need Xavier Tillman to be your real center. Like Jaron, as much it's, as he's a center, Jaren does Jackson not play not that role foul,
0: or never get into foul trouble, Jaron Jackson, which
1: right well, but look. he also plays so well off of Adams because he can just fly around and do like the super Rob Williams thing and knock everybody's shots down. He doesn't have to just do face up, uh, face up rim defense, yeah. but it's it, you know, the foul thing, it's better. He does still foul. Anyway, now we're becoming a Memphis podcast. I'm sorry I'm, I'm doing this to well, you again.
0: Uh, no, no, I mean that, so it's it's funny you you bring that up cuz Sh- uh Schmidt and I talked last podcast about if who would we rather like if, if the Pelicans were to ex- escape the play in and be like the 7th or 8th seed, who would you rather play? Obviously, it's not really a conversation anymore um because Memphis doesn't look like the the, the lock two seed, but we were it, it was a interesting discussion like yeah, he was saying he'd rather play um rather play Denver than play Memphis. And this was like a full strength Memphis team versus full strength Denver team. And I was, I was sitting there saying, I, I, I disagreed. And I said, the re the one reason that Memphis is so attractive to me is putting Zion up against Jaron Jackson. If you get, if you get Jaron Jackson in foul trouble, which is if, if, assuming Zion's back, there's no better guy in the league to try to make that happen. Right. Then suddenly Memphis becomes less superhuman uh, and, and beatable. I think, um, but um also you know, give I, me
1: sacramento where was sacramento in that conversation because we weren't as, talking
0: about them because we didn't think they were going to be were, the two seed <laughs> yeah they
1: were farther farther down the road i mean i'm happy with who the two seed is now and i hope they away um uh, that who i would like to see um as much as incredible as the offense is and as many threes as they shoot um they don't defend either and at some point like when you're not able to spend half of your game in transition because it's the playoffs now and we're studying you game in and game out for a series. I it'll be really interesting to see what happens when they're forced to play half court ball, shorten their rotations, and and have to defend you because you have guys that can score from a lot of different places. Very, very interested to see. Like I would I would feel good about that matchup. But, but I get it. They weren't in your conversation then.
0: Well, no. I mean, my argument for for the last couple of months has been like, if they've been super healthy, like the most healthy team in the league, essentially all season long, and if you're assuming in the playoffs, teams are going to get like team. Other teams have been like a little bit more cautious with their stars, and suddenly you've got you, you go from this Kings team that has played a lot of teams but less than full strength, and I'm-, I'm not trying to discredit the Kings. They are fun- they are a really good team. They're not like a fake two seed. I don't think that at all. But Correct. I do think playing against good teams with healthy rosters versus what they, what they've been able to kind of see throughout the season. I, I am I'm with you. Like, I I think that they're, they, they may run into some challenges. So um, I don't want to say that they're a first round out, but I think there are a lot of teams that are going to give them trouble in the first round. Like a lot.
1: I concur also like granted for us, I, I need Larry there. Uh, Larry, the Sabonis killer. Um, I, I need, I need him for that, for that matchup. Otherwise my, uh, my prediction there is, uh, it's not a good one.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, let's, let's, let's just talk about the remaining schedule a little bit more and then we can wrap up. But so the Pelicans got a couple, uh, they got, they play the, the thunder tonight, um, at home and then they got Portland tomorrow. So at least you got a home back to back. That's nice. Um, then they got the Lakers at home on Tuesday, um, which should be, you know, I, you know, is gonna be back for that one at least.
1: Like even if, oh yeah, to yeah,
0: um, feel pretty confident got, about that. Yeah, and so like this is a, this is obviously I don't think anyone's shocked to, to, to hear that this is a critical stretch then because they've got they've got three home games against decent teams that are right next to them in the play-in uh, race, and then they've got four games against garbage. <laughs> like they've got. I, That's probably not fair. Charlotte's actually been uh, uh, Sparky. uh, Gotta watch out,
1: Kelly (laughs) Kelly Oubre with twenty shots is a dangerous thing.
0: (laughs) Um, But so they've got Houston uh, on the road. Then they um, on the road twice. So they're in Houston for a couple games. Um, Then they they're home against the Spurs. Home against the Hornets. Like the next seven games defines what look that the rest of the season looks like to me. Like if they're, they've got to, they've got to do really well. Like I, I think um, if, if they want a real chance to, to get out, like I, I, I'm very nervous if they get the nine or 10 seed, I'm very nervous. Like if they get the seven or eight seed and you get Zion back, we're, we're feeling fairly, you know, we we, ha- we can be optimistic about getting out of the plan, but if they're nine or 10 tough. Um, and so I think we'll find out over the next seven games, whether, it's realistic or not for them to get above nine.
1: And yet I'll still caution everyone that just because you hear the names, Houston and Charlotte, look at where the games are played. Just because you're playing Houston twice does not mean that it's going to be like, like you would think the Spurs, the hard charging Spurs just knocked off your Denver nuggets last night with an all around offensive effort where, you know, everybody on their team scored 15 points. Um, It's, Just don't count the, don't count the wins. One thing, it doesn't matter whose name is on there. When it comes to the road stuff, you can't really count the wins. Um, Hopefully we start to see a little bit of fight. I think the thing that I have continued to be irritated with throughout the season, regardless of who's been in and out. and, And I get that, like, this has probably been a really hard season for the players to take because of how it's gone. Like they tasted the top end of success, they saw themselves moving toward the model that they are designed to be. And it was working and it was working at the top of the league and it looked like they were going to get real separation. And then that got ripped away from them and they fell right into one of the worst losing streaks of any non-tanker this season. And then getting BI back has not been this automatic, you know, everything feels better. I think it's a lot harder for BI to lift up other people, than it is Zion's presence because of what Zion's gravity and his playing style tends to be. Yep. So I think we're, we're looking at games we should win, but the thing that we have not recaptured is the fight that we had last year. I told people last year, the final, you know, that final run of games after CJ came here, I used to tell people when they were going to games that even if we were up against an incredible opponent, you could count on a fight every night. That was one thing that we knew we were going to get out of a lot of these same guys. Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, we have not gotten that consistently. And like, there's been a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of problems, but I would like to see them find, you know, the third quarter has been a quarter of doom in new Orleans. Last year. It wasn't last year. It was the quarter where we punched you in the mouth and made the game closer than you wanted it to be. Even if you were up 16 at the half, we need to find that again during this. Except for the Clippers playing game. True, uh, the Clippers <laughs> playing game without Paul George,
0: and um, with Tony Snell.
1: Yeah, fun times. <laughs> um, but it, it it'd be nice to see these guys like start to feel that again, start to fight like that again. And I think like come hell or high water, like whether or not it's it's maybe harder to ask for that in December and January than it is now. Like this is the final run; you are facing elimination from the entire play in process. Your back is officially against the wall and you got guys that are still hurt. You got to give everything every night. Luckily, these are lineups like granted Charlotte. I look at Charlotte and I got, I I do have weird problems there. Charlotte has athletic bigs. I do not have many right now. Charlotte has guys that are going to just chuck it up from the three point line. I do not. I lose that math equation on a nightly basis. There's a way you could lose the Charlotte games. Like it, it's out there to be had uh, Houston's a little different. it's basically Jalen Green has to burn you or you' you should win. Um, but I would just say there are reasons to be optimistic like this there are still some good matchups but don't let the strength of schedule thing convince you that this is made in any way. Um, they got to fight in the in the famous yeah. words of Willie Green yeah you gotta fight. You're unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where there is no time left and you got to put it on the floor or we can uh, we can all go to Cancun early. Yeah.
0: Uh, and like, that's the 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 uh, with you. And the reason that this next seven games are so important. And like you said, you've they're they're road games against bad teams, a couple and you, that you have to win because then you get road games against good teams. And after after that stretch against the Rockets versus the Hornets, you have a road trip against. The Clippers, the Blazers, the Warriors, and the Nuggets. That's, and then you come back home and play the Clippers again. So like, they're one in four is a very realistic outcome of those five games, including that last game against the Clippers at home. And so if you're if you're expecting that, you've got to take care of business in these next seven games, and the home games against the the, the fellow mediocre teams, and then the, the away and home games against the bad teams. Because then down the struts, suddenly I, the, the the last few games are looking better than anticipated like the uh the kings and the grizzlies the second the fourth and the third the last games we, we talked about them enough but like those two teams could be kind of locked in and ja, who, who knows what Jazz backs so, like but you could and, and they're both home games which is the <laughs> one of the most important the,
1: the number one the most crucial piece
0: yeah um the second last game super weird that they're close. the second last game their home finale is against the new york knicks like usually you you see like a division opponent or at least a Western conference opponent. Like that's strange. Who, who knows? Like they could be locked into the, to the five seed at at that point. Like they're, they're two and a half back of Cleveland. I'm not, I I think they played above their, their weight class a little bit um, over the last few games, but I, I think they're as good of a bet for the five seed as anyone else, the way they're, how how well they're playing. And so, you know, I'm hoping that they're entrenched in like the five seed with a couple with those last two games. And who knows what, who knows what happens there? And then they close against the Timberwolves on the road, uh, which again, very, you know, they have a homestand and they've got one game trip to end the season in Minnesota, which is just, you know, awesome. But, um, <laughs> but so, yeah. So, I mean, like that's the, the, the stretch, the next few games, very important because there's probably a, a, a bad stretch coming after that. And then you just got to take care of business again, to close the season. So, um, got to fight. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's been a roller coaster all season. So why wouldn't the roller coaster ride continue, you
1: know? Oh, you know how this is going to work. Like <laughs> we're going to drop one of the Charlotte games, one of the Houston games, and then we're going to win one of the games we shouldn't win. Yep. You, like it, we know, we know how this is going to go. Like, who are we kidding? We know this is going to be, they're going to lose to the team. They shouldn't, they're going to beat a team. They shouldn't, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess just like everything else. And, uh, you know, our heart rates and, uh, and, you know, pick up your baby aspirin now. because. Um, we we want to keep you out of the, the cardiac clinic on uh, on the following night.
0: All right, I think I've kept you for long enough. I know you got St. Paddy's Day stuff to go to. Um, are you bringing the little one? And you dress up are you dressed? We are indeed.
1: Green? We're That's venturing great. out. We got a, We got a little shamrock outfit and everything. We're we got some friends <laughs> that live on the route. We're uh, gonna head out there. Dad's gonna get a little sauced.
0: That's that's fun. I'm I, I miss I miss that that parade. New Orleans, I feel like does. I mean, they do most most parties better than most places. But I think Saint Pete is one on the list that they do pretty well. I mean, versus Chicago, when you know I was living there for a while, obviously, and uh, they they dye the river green, which is cool, but it's also usually like twenty degrees outside. So it's like, all right, how much fun is this really? We're all pretending we're having a good time, or we're all cold as hell. Like.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you're the right. only place that could do it. So, it's us, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. We got yeah. look at that look at that river. There's green beer flowing. Yeah. Sadly, um, uh with Thomas Morstead, I I'm I'm I still hope like the annual tradition of finding Thomas Morstead uh trashed at Tracy's buying thousands of sandwiches is still a thing. I know he's been playing in Miami. I just like I'm hoping to still see him down there somehow. Feel like that was that's like one of the one of the memories of like the entire Saints tenure. Go down there, him and his buddies, walk in the parade, walk right off the parade into Tracy's mid-parade, and just get hammered and buy sandwiches.
0: We've we've come so far from running into Marco Bell and Allie at Lucy's.
1: Boy have we. Boy <laughs> have we. At time at a at a time of night you uh, you you really don't want. <laughs> The Whitney Houston is a plane and the napkins are a flying.
0: (laughs) Uh, Adam, uh, one more, one more plug for, uh, for all the great work you're, you're doing with, uh, with Pedro Pascal before we get out of here. And Christian, yeah. So uh, Christian Clark
1: (laughs) catch, uh, catch myself and Christian Clark on the, from the wing pod on the blue wire network uh, covering all the same stuff that uh, Mason and Schmidt do you, if you hear, if you hear on our pod, like we've plugged things they've said, Tweets they've had, things they've said in episodes. Um, you know, it's a it's a friendly deal over here. We just want to see everybody succeed. We want to see this thing get so good that everybody kind of the tide lifts everyone up. So yeah, catch us on from the wing. Uh, you know, mainly me leeching off of uh, off of professional reporter Christian Clark.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate that. All, all everything's mutual. Um, we we appreciate y'all, and uh, it's a it's a one big one big happy family. Well, depending on how Pelicans are doing, I guess, but one big usually happy family. Uh, we may argue well, about
1: what things are wrong with them but <laughs> but we agree that they're wrong
0: <laughs> yeah um all right so uh before we go i'd like to plug our, our our sponsor draftkings um if are you ready for the underdogs the upsets and the unbelievable action from draftkings sportsbook it's the biggest tournament in college basketball is here right now new customers can bet just five dollars on college hoops and get 200 dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code BOOT. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at DraftKings with Sportsbook with the code BOOT. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Folks, thanks uh, we appreciate you tuning in as always. Um and uh you know we'll be back we'll be back soon, uh hopefully in good spirits and after the Pelicans take care of business against some teams tightly uh packed with them in the standings. Um but Adam, thank you again. Enjoy St. Patty's Day and uh folks we'll we'll see you soon.